Hey guys, coming at you with another podcast. This one is post-Mastermind. We had a pretty amazing weekend uh, recently, the SPF Mastermind. It's 70 plus in the seats and it was one of a, it's it's funny, like we have a lot of members in the group that have been doing Masterminds for a long time. And uh, several of them, like some 10 plus year Mastermind veterans. And one of the things that was said by one of the guys that was a 10 plus year mastermind veteran said this was the best mastermind he had ever been to. And I was just like, holy cow, like that's, that's something that's saying something for a guy that's been to that many masterminds. Um, but it was just incredible. The energy was great. And, um, what I wanted to do today is obviously, um, most of you listening to this, they were not there, right? As we have thousands and thousands of gym owners from around the world that listen to this podcast, but I realized there's only 70 there. And so I'm going to do my best today to give you a little bit of a, a sneak peek into what uh, you might have missed and see if there's uh, something you can take away. I think there, there's absolutely uh, a lot you can take away from it, but um, let me go through the, the weekend. So, I mean, I always try to start with, and if you didn't listen to the last podcast, you should, because I got deep into what I did for my intro. Uh, it's called the gap and gain. And if you didn't, I can't, I don't have the time to get into it today, but if you uh, did not listen to my last podcast, um, I think it's called how to get out of misery or something like that. Uh, if you didn't listen to that, definitely go listen to that. Cause that was like my intro where I, I really unpack the concept about happiness and how to be happy and what makes some people happy and what makes some people not happy. And I, I often, you know, think about how important it is for the gym owners to have good control over their mindset. And that's essentially why I usually open every mastermind meeting with you know, how to think better and how to think differently. And so I went through the gap and the gain and just very, very briefly, again, go listen to the podcast that I did, but very, very briefly, the gap and the gain is a book by uh, Dan Sullivan. And the gap is basically when you're comparing yourself against this ideal, this thing that doesn't exist. And I told the story about um, when I was, after I was playing football and I was trying to get ripped and I wasn't getting ripped and, I, even though I was 70 pounds lighter, I still wasn't happy with where I was. Um, so I talk about that. And then when you're in the gain, you're measuring yourself against how far you've come. So you basically measure backwards and you say, oh, I'm here right now. And you look backwards and say, oh, that's where I was when I started. So, you know, for example, in weight loss, you can say, all right, you know, I'm 220 pounds. But, you know, three months ago, I was, you know, 250 pounds. And if you measure yourself against where you are now versus where you were, you're going to be much happier <laughs> versus always measuring yourself against, well, this is where I want to be and this is where I'm not. And so I, and that's why I started the mastermind with. And again, if you didn't uh, read or watch, uh, listen to the misery podcast, I definitely um, suggest you go listen to that one. Um, so that was the opener uh, for the mastermind. And then I gave out awards. I always give out awards at every meeting. Um, one of the awards I gave out is the Temple Tough Award. And this is my favorite award. Um, the Temple Tough Award goes out to a gym owner, not the one that's kicking ass and doing the best, 
that's called the Master Run Maven. But the Temple Tough Award is basically a, an award I give out to a gym owner that's overcome the most adversity, that's had challenges, that's had struggles, and has been able to bust through them and still stay standing at the same time. So I always give that award out among a bunch of uh, other awards. And then, then we got into uh, my first presentation of the day. And my first presentation of the day was seven habits of powerful, confident, and something I forget what the last one was. Uh, successful, power, confident, and success. Powerful, confident, and successful. Generous. And I really did this in two pieces. The the theme, the overall theme of the meeting was uh, what's called authority muscle building. And essentially, the overall theme of the weekend was about building authority in your community. To be the outcome was that. I wanted the guys in my mastermind to be the number one place on people's mind as the go-to place, as the experts for health and fitness in their area. And I wanted there to be no conversation, hands down. If you walk to a grocery store, um, you could just ask anyone and just say, who's the best in the area for personal training and health and fitness? And they would say, bam, the gym owners know. And that's the goal. That's right. That's the that's what we're after. And even if you never get there, if you do a lot of the things to try to get there, you're going to be more well-known. And you, when you're more well-known, you're, you're, you're going to be able to charge higher prices. You're going to be able to attract better staff. Uh, you're going to be able to have more opportunities for growth. It's just like everything better is going to happen when you're you know, a more of an authority figure in um your area apologize for the background noise i'm outside jujitsu my son's doing jujitsu right now so i'm just outside the jujitsu place i'm kind of busy so apologize for the noise so uh, i did this and i went through seven habits i don't i'm not going to be able to unpack all of them uh that i did but one of the ones i talked about one of the first habits i talked about was having a an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset and I used a bunch of examples, but I basically said the gym owners that get on calls with me that are struggling the most are usually the ones that say things about the economy, about competition, about, you know, waiting for this one guy said to me once, I'm just waiting for January. I'm just waiting for January. That one killed me. And they make all these excuses that are this, you know, scarcity mindset type excuses. Um, and what I try to do is I try to think with an abundant mindset, that even though there's challenges and there's problems, there's still an endless flow of people and an endless flow of money in this world. And a lot of times what makes us stand in the way or what stands in the way of those people and that money is, is our own minds is what we think. And when you, when you think with this abundant mindset and not a scarcity mindset, it's like weird what happens. Like things start to flow your way and you start to maybe not have as many problems or maybe you have the same amount of problems and just kind of perceive them differently. Cause you don't get so, you don't get so down about things that happen. So for example, scarcity mindset gets freaked out. When a client quits, right? They're like, oh my God, 
client quit, you know, I bet you the rest of them are coming or you raise your prices and someone complains and bitches at you and calls you greedy. And they say like, what's wrong with you? What are you, you're trying to make a million dollars? Who do you think you are, gym owner? Right? And we like build these narratives in our head and it really holds us back. And this, the most successful, you know, people I know, they don't think that way. They think, you know, with abundant mindset over a scarcity mindset. So that was one of them. Um, one of the ones, uh, this was, this hit home a lot because we always do biggest takeaways and I always know the things when we do biggest takeaways at the end, I always know what stands out because what gets, uh, what gets repeated usually is, is what's like ingraining in people's minds. This one was guilt. And the principle that I talked about was stop the guilt. And, you know, I talked about gym owners having guilt for um, not working as much, right? So all of a sudden they start to, um, they start to have more time where they're not working and doing sessions and they start to go to Starbucks and maybe, you know, do you know, grab a notepad and pen and think about what they need to do or they go on vacation, but then there's a guilt wrapped around it. And the guilt wrapped around it usually holds us back. Guilt wrapped around it usually brings us um, from a place where we should be feeling good about what we're doing because we've earned this and we earn the time off. But um, the guilt usually um, tends to send us in a downward spot. And I was so shocked at how many people mentioned this as I just got to stop the guilt. I got to stop the guilt and people don't raise their prices because of guilt and people don't open second locations because of guilt and they don't um, hire the people they need to hire because of guilt. And it's just not a really healthy thing to do. And it's not something that's going to make you a more successful gym owner. So I was actually surprised, but not surprised at how many people went over and um, and talked about that one. Um, this was one that was my favorite, and it's kind of related. But um, third principle, I don't know if it was the third principle. Another one in this presentation was um, oh, what is it? I want to give you the exact phrase, but I'm going off. I'm totally going off of memory. I have no slides in front of me or anything. But uh, whoa, yeah, it was, a, it was a immunity to criticism. Immunity to criticism. And my favorite thing to do when I teach immunity to criticism is to play a Howard Stern bit. And the Howard Stern bit is out all about some listener calling up and Howard's the listener saying, Hey, I'm with Howard, I want to give you some feedback on the show. And Howard's like, Not necessary. And he like goes on and says, like, I'm like he's like, Your feedback is irrelevant. And he kept going on. The guy says, like, No, no, but you need to hear my feedback. And Howard's keep going. Your feedback is irrelevant. Your feedback is irrelevant. And I'm not saying that your client's feedback is not irrelevant or is not relevant because it is. But at the end of the day, if you spend your whole life worrying what everything everyone uh, says about you or what everyone might say about you, then uh, you're going to be held back and you're going to be held back from being successful. And so you kind of got to push forward. You know, anyone that anyone that sends 
an email a day has immunity to criticism. Because, you know, sending that many emails, you're bound to piss a lot of people off. One, just from sending so many emails, right? But if you really think about it, all they have to do is unsubscribe. But people do not do it, even though it's probably a good business practice to do it. People don't do it because of the fear of what people say. I gave another example of um, one of our members, Kyle Newell, who uh, he actually spoke to the mastermind. But he um, went on Fox News and basically told the world that he was opening his gym. Same thing some other guy did, but he did it in a much better way. And actually, it was a more effective way because they credited Kyle for allowing the New Jersey gyms to open before um, when the pandemic was going on. <laughs> or was. Is. Um, and so, uh, but, but Kyle had immunity to criticism. Like, there's no way that he makes a decision like that and doesn't get criticized. And I'm sure he lost members because of it. And I'm sure he had people being like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I mean, even I like told him, I was like, dude, I don't know if this is a good idea. And it wasn't really criticism, but it was just like, all right, you sure you're going to do this? Right. And, um, but if you, if you go through, so this was the principle, um, of uh, confident power, successful gym owners. If you go through your business life thinking and fearing and being scared of what everyone else thinks of you or whatever you decide to put out there, it's you're always going to be in this constant state of angst. And, you know, it's definitely a learned skill. Some, and some of us are bulletproof to it. Some of us just keep going and they don't care. And some of us do. And But I think that at the end of the day, is you, you know you should be able to make progress, right? That's all this is about, really, is like, can you make progress? So if you are really sensitive to criticism right now, how can you be a little less sensitive to criticism right now? It could be criticism from your members, criticism from your family, criticism from your staff. doesn't matter. If you can learn to build up a little bit more of an armor, you're going to do all right. You're going to do pretty good. You're going to keep going in the face of adversity um the I, I can't i don't have to go through all but one of them the other one that stood out to me was multiple streams of income and i did talk about this and i did mention hey if you want to you know have the secret to wealth you know as a gym owner right you know there's there's there are gym owners that you know do really well and off of one gym but really the ones that I see that are doing really well and the business people that I see they're doing really well don't rely on one form of income, right? If you think like someone that's got one job, you know, even if they're making a lot of money, they're one move away from, you know, not having, not having any money, not having any uh, income. And so I always push people to, to develop multiple streams and I say this with a huge, massive, fat caveat. And the huge, massive, fat caveat is this. I would not be looking for multiple streams of income if the current only one you have is not stable. And I look, I, I, I like to, you know, have gym owners that, you know, are, are maxing out an IRA 
I like them to be profitable. I like them to have a good staff, meaning, you know, the right people in the right seats. Um, I like them to have a certain amount of cash in the bank, two to three months expenses in personal and business. Um, I, I like those things to, to be in place because I think, you know, if all of a sudden you, you say, oh, I hear this Vince saying multiple streams of income and you, you're basically you're running so you're running so lean that you got no cash in the bank and you're operating at like two percent margins and you got no staff and you did that. Oh, let me go over and do this. And it's just I think it's just a huge distraction. So my big advice to everybody in the room was just like, hey, before you go out and get multiple streams, make sure you got those things maxed out. And you're doing those things well, because I think you can get into trouble. Um, but heck, I, I, I think, you know, and the second form is, let's say you got those things together and you, you've got one stream of income in small group personal training, or maybe it's one-on-one training. Can you add another stream of income in your own existing business? So can you add, if you're doing small group, can you add one-on-one if you're doing small group? Or sorry, if you're doing one-on-one, can you add small group? Or if you're, you know, can you add even an income stream, someone renting a space and, and it brings in a thousand bucks a month. That's another income stream. It doesn't really matter what it is, but you can get another income stream from your existing business. So that was kind of like the second piece is like, all right, get, get another income stream. Tap all that stuff out that I just said first, find it in your existing business, add more to your existing business. And I'll give you an example. Like, so my grit program, you know, most of the, most of the income comes from our blocks. So we do blocks of, of, of training, uh, fall, winter, spring, summer. Right. And so most of our money comes from that. And I was doing annual planning with the director of the program for grit. And we want to make a certain amount of money. And he says, I don't really think we can get many more kids in these blocks as we're packed as it is. I was like, all right, well, let's, find a different way. And the other day and the other way was uh, teams. So we said, all right, we have time to take on teams in the evening. So we do that. And we found like another 20, 30 grand for the year in training a few teams, another stream of income. Um, many, many, many of the mastermind members more, uh, more than, than not uh, own Airbnb real estate. And, you know, a lot of people are reading this or or listening to this and they hear about the guys doing the Airbnb real estate and they're like, oh man, I want to do that. I want to do that. And it is, it's good. It's very profitable. The guys are doing very, very well with it. Um, But other guys are, you know, investing in the market and other guys are opening up multiple locations from other gyms and stuff like that. So it's happening multiple ways. But another thing that's going to make you more powerful is um, multiple streams of income. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop the podcast. I'm going to call this a couple parter because I got to go in and get Joey right now. Um, so that was uh, the, some highlights of the first first points of the mastermind to give you like a little bit of idea of what we talked about. I'm going to come back in a little bit. And for part two of big takeaways from mastermind. And um, hopefully this was So I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Peace.